Good morning. I don't want to beat this drum too hard. I know I've talked about it before, but the county is looking at a tough budget year, and it could mean an end to the annual tax cut. For Wednesday, October 24th, it's your Loudon Now Morning Minute. Today's Morning Minute is brought to you by Loudoun Literacy Council's second Not Your Kids Spelling Bee. Come out for a night of good food, good drinks, celebrity judges, and good fun competition. And even if you're not quite sesquipedalian enough to know where Flan by is, or even if you're a little hippopotamonstrasa sesquipedalia-phobic, which is to say even if you don't like long words enough to know where a Welsh village is, or even if you're a little afraid of long words, you can always move up in the competition with your trivia knowledge or just bribing the judges, and it also supports Loudoun Literacy Council. It's this Thursday, October 25th in Leesburg. Tickets at loudounliteracy.org. Thanks for being with us. I'm Ren Screen. Yes, first of all, I know it doesn't feel like you get a tax cut every year. In fact, your taxes are probably going up. I'll get to what I meant by that in just a minute. County Administrator Tim Hemstreet has warned Loudoun supervisors that they will face the most challenging budget of their term. And County Chairwoman Phyllis Randall has signaled it may mean an end to the yearly tax rate cut. This coming year, the county's finances are under pressure from a few different directions. First, there's the operational budget, which covers the day-to-day expenses of the county government. It grows every year as a natural result of uh, pay raises and county departments growing as the county itself grows at a pace of more than 30 new Loudoners every day. But a consultant study found the Loudoun government is understaffed and underpaid, and the Board of Supervisors is also working to update the county's job descriptions and pay scales to be more competitive in the workforce market. Hemstreet said the cost of implementing that study's recommendations could be as much as all the new spending the board might normally approve. Members of the board's finance committee have said that study is their top priority, but County Chairman Phyllis Randall said that may mean an end to tax cuts. Yes, your taxes may indeed have been going up all this time. Here's what she's talking about. The county controls the local real estate tax rate, and changing that tax rate is the most direct tool supervisors use to adjust county revenues from one year to the next. Since 2011, supervisors have cut the tax rate every year except for fiscal year 2017 when it bumped up by one cent. The current tax rate is $1.08.5 per $100 of assessed value, and it's the lowest since 2007, the last time the tax rate was below a dollar. But despite fluctuations in the tax rate between a low of $0.89 cents in 2007 and a high of $1.30 in 2011, the only time county tax revenues have declined was fiscal year 2010 in the teeth of the last recession. Of course, this is a tax on the assessed value of a property. Those assessments can go up. So although how much value you're being taxed on can grow and therefore how much you're paying can grow, the rate may actually drop. This is in part because they usually start their budget discussions with the equalized tax rate. This is the tax rate, usually lower, at which the dollar amount paid on the average Loudoun home remains the same despite changing home values. Director of Management and Budget Aaron McClellan said at the county's current and equalized tax rates, the county will have needs that we will not likely be able to meet. The capital projects side of the budget is also feeling a squeeze. That part of the budget deals in major projects like new roads and schools and deals more in bonds and financing than cash. But construction costs continue to go up and the school board is expected to ask to build some schools ahead of schedule again. This year, that may mean supervisors have to push some other projects back to afford it. The cash crunch comes during an election year, when all nine board seats will be on the ballot. Supervisors' budget deliberations will wrap up with a vote in early April.
Go to loudnow.com slash morning minute to check out the whole story. In other news, in court last week, two friends were described similarly by their family members. Warm, caring, compassionate, and once with bright futures ahead of them. But one of them is dead, and the other is going to prison for 10 years. Relatives of Andre M. Glenn and Gabrielle M. Perry took the stand to explain the impact of a fatal crash in the early morning hours of February 21, 2017. Glenn was behind the wheel on Route 28, carrying co-workers home from a party at a bar in Chantilly. At approximately 2 a.m., he crashed into the end of a concrete road barrier, and the Jeep Wrangler flipped, throwing Perry and another backseat passenger flying from the vehicle. Perry, a 22-year-old who'd recently graduated from Hofstra University with degrees in religion and English, died at the scene. Glenn, who was 26 at the time, registered a .14 BAC, nearly twice the legal limit. Two hours later, he pleaded guilty to charges of manslaughter, aggravated DUI, and driving with a revoked license. During a sentencing hearing last week, Gabby Perry's father, Stephen, said his last conversation with his daughter was offering to come to the bar and give her a ride home, but she didn't wait. He said she was a joy and the world lost someone who was out to make a difference. And Glenn's mother, Frances, described her son as compassionate and someone who had fallen on hard times after being laid off from his job and even being homeless for a period. His brother, Terrence, described him as a selfless man of integrity, talking about his role starting BUDS, or Bulldogs Understanding Different Students, at Stonebridge High School to mentor special education students. And Glenn took to the stand to apologize and say he wished he could give his life for Perry's. Assistant Commonwealth's attorneys Eric Seamus and Ryan Perry urged Judge Jeanette Irby to go beyond the state sentencing guidelines, which call for one to three years in prison, to send a message. Irby agreed with them, sentencing Glenn to 10 years. School board member Eric DeKennep will join the ranks of Loudoun elected officials this year who will not be finishing their first term in elected office. He announced yesterday he's resigning from the Loudoun County School Board 14 months shy of his first full term. He said he needs to dedicate more time to his family and that Friday, October 26th, will be his last day on the board. He's represented the Catoctin District since January of 2016. In a prepared statement, he said, quote, I found that my passion and commitment to the community has impacted my ability to dedicate important and non-recoverable time at home. This break in service will provide me with the time I need to dedicate to my family at home while continuing to serve the community in other capacities. That is, until the time comes when I feel the need to once again step back into service in an official capacity, end quote. He said his advocacy began in 2007 as a parent volunteer. In 2012, three years before he ran for school board, he sued the school system over reassigning his children from John W. Tolbert Elementary School to the then-new Frederick Douglass Elementary School. He lost in court, but the case prompted a judge to recommend that the school board have a more transparent process to redraw school attendance lines. The school board followed those recommendations and has made big changes to its boundary policies. The school board now has 15 days to petition the Loudoun County Circuit Court to order a special election and 45 days to appoint someone to fill the empty seat until that special election. It's been seven years since the last time the school board had to appoint someone to the board. In 2011, Brenda Sheridan was appointed to represent the Sterling District after the death of longtime school board member J. Warren Gurin. She's since been elected to two terms and still serves today. And one of the last vestiges of rural living inside Leesburg Town Limits is facing development, and it has the Leesburg Town Council scrambling for a way to protect what they see as a piece of history. 
Over the summer, council members and Leesburgers were alarmed to find out about plans by Stanley Martin Homes to buy the 63-acre Rogers Farm property on Drymill Road across from Loudoun County High School and develop it into houses. It's the largest undeveloped tract of land inside the Leesburg Bypass and is operated for a long time as a horse farm. The previous owner, Samuel H. Rogers, died in 2015, and the developer has the property under contract from the family's estate. Preliminary plans call for 162 houses. This does not need approval from the town council, but town officials are trying to figure out what to do about it anyway. In June, the town's Board of Architectural Review called a special meeting where it added the Rogers Farm property to its list of properties worth including in the town's old and historic district. Putting properties in that district means an extra step of review before demolishing or changing historic buildings. If the town council does put that property in the historic district, any plans to knock over the old buildings in the property would require a certificate of appropriateness from the Board of Architectural Review. But all this may in fact be against the wishes of the Rogers family. In a letter to the town council in June, Lynn Rainbow, Sam Rogers, and Susan Parks, the children of the late Samuel Rogers, requested the council allow the family to go ahead with the sale. They said that while they grew up on the property and cherish it, none are in a position to buy out the other heirs, and none of them wish to live there. And they said over the years, as they pondered the farm's future, their father counseled them to sell it. Get the full story on this and all these stories over at loudonnow.com. On the Get Out Loudon calendar, if you missed the ad at the top of the show, tomorrow is Loudon Literacy Council's Not Your Kids Spelling Bee. There might still be some tickets left, so come on out for a night of good food, good drinks, celebrity judges, spelling, trivia, and occasional outright cheating. It's tomorrow evening at Ida League Recreation Center in Leesburg. Tickets at loudonliteracy.org the details on this event and check out the rest of the event's calendar at getoutloudon.com. And if you like the Morning Minute, spell M-O-R-N-I-N-G-M-I-N-N-U-E-T-E at the spelling bee tomorrow to tell all your friends and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and it'll be waiting for you there every morning. Okay, have a great day. Okay.